Welcome to TSO Consulting Group's DEI podcast series, Why Is It So Hard? Shining Through the Shadow of Resistance. I'm Dr. Tanya Breland. And I am Erica Lee. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Erica Leek. And I'm Dr. Tanya Breland. And thank you for joining us again for our podcast, Why Is This So Hard? Shining Through the Shadows of Resistance. In this podcast series, we discuss issues that prevent us from being socially just and free. And the goal here is to disrupt the status quo of racial inequality and inequity in systems. And through our discussions and through our, um, our work, we um, seek, we want each episode to challenge us to be the best um, and in that to be the change that we want to see. That's correct. So what are we talking about today? <laughs> today we're talking about diversity in leadership. Yeah. yeah. And in particular, the diversity that looks like you and me, yeah. mm-hmm. black women. Yeah. We have to talk about being black women in leadership yeah. because we have been black women in leadership. We are Black, Black women, women in, in leadership. leadership. Yes. And, you know, we have a few stories that we could tell about being, being, um, we absolutely do. Mm-hmm, being Black women in leadership. Mm-hmm. So, um, first of all, you know, why do we even need to talk about this? I think that's a good question. So, in a previous uh, episode, we talked about privilege, mm-hmm. right? And in, in a few episodes. In a, yes, yes, <laughs> we, we did. In, in leadership, there are certain traits that people look for in their leaders. And very often, it doesn't look like black or female. And so the challenge that we have very often when we are, you know, as black women in leadership is we don't look the part of what someone, you know, um, thinks of as, as a leader. Mm-hmm. And so that means that as a leader, as a black woman leader, very often there are challenges that really come from someone else not thinking that, you know, you are the right fit. Right. 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 Um, and yet, you know, you're in that position anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to really sort of do the job, but then you have to sort of, you know, work through some of those challenges. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it can be, you know, really quite daunting. It can be. You know, it's interesting. We don't see enough black women in leadership, although we see more, Yes. you know, yes. and it's really encouraging yes. when we see more. Like, mm-hmm. I love when I can walk into an establishment or a business or an organization and, you know, they they introduce the leader and the leader is a black woman. Because yeah. then I'm like, mm-hmm. black girl magic! <laughs> um, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's exciting to mm-hmm. see because we just don't see it that much. Yes. You might recall from, from one of our previous, maybe a couple podcasts ago, we were given some statistics related to, you know, who's in leadership, you know, who Mm -hmm. holds leadership in all different industries. And so what we found predominantly in most of those spaces, either white men or white people led major organizations across this country. And that has been the norm. That's just how it's been. The people who hold the power are often not you and me. Um, and so, you know, like I can recall, like last, I think it was last year, my husband and I took a trip and we were um, coming back and we 
we were getting off the plane and we, we saw that the pilot was a black woman. And we were so hyped about that. <laughs> like it was just like, oh I've my god! I've never seen a black woman, a black woman pilot. That's I, amazing. That's the first one I've that's seen. That's amazing. That's the and I've been, I've mm -hmm. you know, my the first time I took a flight was when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, and not that I fly all the mm -hmm. time, mm -hmm. but I had never seen one. Mm -hmm. And so we talked, to, we chatted with her, and then she let us take a picture with her in the cockpit. That's so cool. And then she like walked and talked with us while we were she, like, she said, if you hang on a minute, I'll you know I'll, I'll walk with you. So she walked with us, she started talking, and she said, you know, there's a, there's a whole movement, I believe it was with United Airlines, I'm mm -hmm. giving you a shout out, mm -hmm. um, who said that they were, they have a program for, um, to basically build a pipeline of black female pilots. Wow. And I was like, how That's wonderful awesome. is that? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, she gave us like a little like flight pin and Mm -hmm. She was just so nice. Yeah. She was so nice. But we were really excited about that because that's not something we see all the no. time. We almost always yeah. assume mm -hmm. that the pilot of the plane is a white man. White man, almost that's right. Almost always assume that. Right. And when we see somebody else, it's like, oh, oh, you know. And what was interesting was she was the pilot. But, you know, typically the pilot will get on. Mm -hmm. The pilot didn't get on to speak. It was her assistant. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know what... Yeah, it was interesting. I'm not sure if if she mm. made a, a calculated mm -hmm. decision that she was going to have her white male um, co-pilot mm -hmm. speak mm -hmm. um, intentionally because, yeah. you know, yeah. people in the... Right. I, I don't know. I really, I, I you know, I, I, I don't know, but it was interesting. Can you imagine if a little girl got a flight pin from her, a little mm -hmm. black girl got a flight pin from her? Can yeah. you imagine the impact that that would have on that girl? Yeah. That's powerful, amazing. Powerful. I was listening to um, one of our <clears throat> our friends is a superintendent, and it, he's a black man, and he has a podcast with his students. And one of the podcasts, like he, what he does is he interviews his high school seniors, mm -hmm. and so one of them was a black girl who has her pilot's license. That's amazing. And oh, I wow. was just like, that is so <laughs> freaking amazing, you know, <laughs> to see that. <laughs> but we don't see a lot of that. No. And it's like, so I feel like we bear responsibility as black leaders <laughs> to really empower our younger black girls in particular to um, be able to, to do the work, to strive, to open doors, to pre um, present them with access and create opportunities for them to be able to follow paths that lead them into places of leadership. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, you know, so that works for, for girls and looking at leaders. But, you know, it also works for, you know, staff, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So when you're uh, a leader in an organization, um, as, as a black woman, you know, there are black female, um, you know, staff people that also, you know, kind of say, oh, mm -hmm. It can be done, mm -hmm. you know, like I, I, I can do it, you know, and that makes a difference. I mean, I, I will say that I, I was the um, beneficiary of having some really great black female um, mentors mm -hmm. and they really helped me to develop those leadership skills, you know, um, that was so important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which brings me to the, me. the conversation about, you know, mentoring, mm -hmm. which I think is really important mm -hmm. as well. But. If there are no black mentors in positions of leadership who can, you know, who can mentor and bring along another generation, because what we do know 
is people tend to help people who look like them. Mm. So many people have mentors that look just like them. Yeah. And what often doesn't happen is like, there aren't enough black women who are in leadership that can mentor younger black women. Um, and so we often have to look to, you know, white leadership to mentor us. There are those who will do it, yeah. but many times they t tend to flock to those that are just like them, yeah. which is, you know, can point to like, you know, some unconscious bias perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, that's well, they a, see themselves, right? Like, oh, they do. I, you know, I, I see I me was and like you. That, you yes. Know? Yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's almost like you have to seek mm -hmm. mentorship. I think I shared with you um, that I didn't get a mentor. In, in like, I had a mentor as a teenager, but as an adult, I didn't get a mentor until a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Literally, mm -hmm. when yeah. I was getting my doctorate. Mm. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. And. Um, and it was a black man mm -hmm. that was the mentor. And I did have a black woman as well. Mm -hmm. um, no, actually, I saw back it up. It was the black woman was there first. Okay. So, but it was, it was probably a couple years before that, okay. you know, um, and she was the one who was really behind pushing me to go back and get that doctorate. You got to go back and get that doctorate, Tanya. She kept saying to me and I'm like, yeah, but I don't really know what I want to study. You just have to do it. Like, just mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. And she was right. Mm -hmm. I'm glad I did it. Um, because I, I can see where that privilege of education has opened doors yeah. for me that pre-doctorate were not open. Mm, mm -hmm. So there was something mm -hmm. to that. She knew what she was talking about. Right. Um, but I didn't, have, I didn't have people in leadership who took the time to mentor me. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of had a mentor when I was becoming a principal, but that was because it was required. Gotcha. You know, yes, but yeah. without that require, and it was a white mm -hmm. male, Without that um, requirement, mm -hmm. I don't know yeah. if I would have had, you know, anyone yeah. to mentor me. Yeah, I had a um, a mentor early. We talked. We worked at a state agency, the agency that I worked for years ago, um, and I I was in an office that was an office of leadership. So it was an office of the state board of ed. But I was I didn't I hadn't started leading it yet. Mm -hmm. And in that office, I met someone in another division. And she was just a wonderful, like she really, you know, I talk a lot about like, she sort of gave me the keys. Mm. So I was able to sort of like access like norms that I didn't necessarily know. I wouldn't have, I don't know that I would have picked up on them, maybe eventually, but after, sometimes you run afoul of them and then you realize like, oh, this is part of the culture. They don't do that. Yeah, right. they don't yeah. do that here. Um, so <clears throat> she kind of helped me with that. And that was really crucial, is really instrumental in my being seen as someone who was a viable replacement for the director, for my director that retired. Mm -hmm. She was, a, that was a big part of it. Like she just kind of helped me with like, this is what you do. Like they'll never tell you, but this is what you do. This is what you don't do. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really instrumental in my experience. Yeah. yeah I mean, I've had a number of different leadership experiences. Mm -hmm. um, the first major one I have to well no it wasn't the first major one but in the education space it was the first major one was becoming a principal um, and you know I was hired by a white male superintendent um, and he hired me because I had won a national education mm -hmm. award and he had a teacher in his district who had also won that national education award so he knew the caliber 
of educators because he knew mm -hmm. what this teacher was like. And he's like, well, if she won that same, we both happened to have won that same year. Mm -hmm. So he's like, if she won this, you know, she must be the same kind of caliber of educator. Mm -hmm. And, and he said to me, because I didn't have the experience as a principal. I had been a vice principal for one year. Mm -hmm. And he said, the reason why I hired you was because you were a Milken educator. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, okay. But, you know, he was being honest. Mm -hmm. Can't blame him. Mm -hmm. I wasn't mad about it. Mm -hmm. But being in that position and in that role, I realized the responsibility I had because I was also in a district and in a school in particular that was a school that was in need of improvement. Mm -hmm. It was a majority minority school, meaning that the majority of the students were black students. Mm -hmm. um, and they had a very large percentage of those students on free and reduced lunch. And they were struggling in many ways. And while their teachers were overwhelmingly white, there was one um, teacher of color in, in the building when I was hired. Um, and, you know, they, um, I, I was different for them. Mm -hmm. They, they had a, a woman in the principal role mm -hmm. before me, but it was not a black woman. Mm. And so that for many of them, I was the, probably the first black leader that they had seen in that position. Mm. But I can tell you the little girls were like, you know, like flocking to yeah. me, especially the little black girls. Mm -hmm. um, and their, their parents were as well, mm. you know, mm -hmm. and it was really, um, a, I, I could see and I understood the mantle that was on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had a responsibility to carry and conduct myself in a way that was um, professional mm -hmm. and um, really effective. Yeah. And I also went in there with a goal in mind. Like, like I didn't like the fact that the school was on the bottom and really struggling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we've got to do something. And I'm mm -hmm. like, and I'm going to help you guys do mm -hmm. that. And we're going to mm -hmm. work together mm -hmm. and we're going to make this happen. And we did it. Mm -hmm. You know, we got off of the state, mm -hmm. state list of schools that said that you know we were in need of improvement and we no longer were in status mm -hmm. but it was the work of that collaborative work that i had the privilege of being able to lead but you know it took me a while to gain the trust of mm -hmm. of the people that so i how led how did you do it how did you gain their trust i gave them a voice mm -hmm. and let mm -hmm. them participate mm -hmm. in the decision making process mm -hmm. where they could yeah yeah. yeah, that was one of the biggest pieces for me. Yeah. Um, Do you think that up until, you know, you came there, they had that experience? I don't know that they did. Um, I think that they were kind of used to being told how yeah. things were going to mm -hmm. be. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, it was important that they were a part of yeah. the, the conversation and a part of the decision making mm -hmm. and that they had that they had voice. Yeah. 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 I think that's part of the benefits of, and we know that there are benefits to diversity and leadership, but I think that's part of the, that's one of the benefits, right? A different leadership style. Because mm -hmm. so, I have that collectivist yeah, approach. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people don't get that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they, you know, come in contact with somebody who offers that one, they have to kind of learn it. Right. So, Okay, so I'm not being told what to do now, so now I have to be a part of figuring out what it is where, you know, the approach or the strategy. So what does that look like? That in and of itself builds capacity, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, but then to be a part of it, um, I could see how that would sort of like, you know, 
um, you would be able to gain trust, mm -hmm. you know, get the, um, garner their trust mm -hmm. and their support, mm -hmm. um, which we know is 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 really important. I think in a in a in a in an organization, you know. Um, so talk about a little because you. I don't know if you were the first black female principal there in that but, building. In yes. that building, okay. Mm -hmm. So talk about the relationship with the parents. Then I mean, they must have been really. Or, or what was their, their disposition, you know, towards you? And, and how were you able to, you know, um, to use that support to support the whole community, mm -hmm. the whole organization? Yeah, I, I would have to say the parents were actually really good. So I, I remember the very first PTA meeting and it was packed. And um, I, saw, <laughs> I saw the former principal at an outing somewhere and she said, oh, how was that first, you know, PTA meeting or whatever? And I said, oh, there were a lot of parents, you know, that showed up. And she said, oh, that's just the first meeting. They're not going to come back. But they did keep coming back. Mm. Maybe not as large, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but there were a, a large number of parents who I think felt a little bit more invested mm -hmm. and welcomed. Wow. So remember yeah. I said it was a majority-minority school. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those parents then I think started feeling like, they have a voice here yeah. in this school hmm. and and I would you know I would bring them in to be a part of like a larger like mm -hmm. advisory committee mm -hmm. you know so that their voice could be heard mm -hmm. as well I mm -hmm. wanted them to know that they were important and mm -hmm. that this is a partnership yeah. you know it's us together working to help your child mm -hmm. be successful mm -hmm. and I think they appreciated that yeah 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 I, I really love that because again it's just that diversity it, it's not just about numbers right mm -hmm. like there's a real benefit here and when you start to you know open up the you know your definitions and your vision of leadership right to others then you get that those different styles and, and that come with benefits right right you know that, that I, come with benefits. i also had a great relationship with the white parents in mm -hmm. the building too mm -hmm. like it really i had a really good relationship mm -hmm. with the parents and they trusted me yeah. and they um, they knew that I had their child's best interest mm -hmm. at heart. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was really important yeah. because I cared about all the children, right. you know, not yeah. just the black kids. Yeah, I cared about sure. all the children, yeah. the success yeah. of all the children. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there was one point where I was challenged in a very interesting way. I may have shared this before, where a white male parent came in, his son had been fighting and he came in to meet with me and he came in with um, sunglasses with Confederate flags in the corners of the sunglasses. I don't know if I ever shared mm -mm, that. No. And I was initially taken aback and even um, thought about being intimidated mm -hmm. <laughs> because it seemed like an act of intimidation. Like, let me come in here and intimidate you, mm -hmm. black woman, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I, and in the end, in the end, because I, I was like, I refuse to be intimidated. Yeah by right. by your sunglasses mm -hmm. which are making mm -hmm. absolutely making a statement mm -hmm. yes and i said we're just going to talk about what we're here for and that is your son's conduct and when we talked about the son's conduct and then brought the son in and the son said yep i did that you know i did what the the principal mm -hmm. said i did mm -hmm. then the father was like okay he takes the glasses off and now he's like you know yeah um disciplining his son mm -hmm. you know verbally mm -hmm. like saying what yeah. what's not going to happen right. and what what should have happened and whatever and so from that point on his, his son would get in trouble often but from that point on anytime he came into the building mm -hmm. he did not wear those sunglasses mm. after that 
So it was almost like I had to prove to him yeah. that I wasn't like singling out mm -hmm. his son or, and I was mm -hmm. not, mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, that I'm, I'm not here to like challenge yeah. your authority as a right. parent or anything yeah. like that. It's yeah. really about creating an atmosphere mm -hmm. where all the children feel safe mm -hmm. and they feel like they can enjoy the schooling experience. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. great. That's like, that's really wonderful. Yeah. That's really wonderful. And so, you know, so what do you think you learned in terms of, you know, like your experience as a leader mm -hmm. that kind of helped your next experience as a leader? Well, I mean, one is it helps me learn more about people, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and, and I also, I always find myself still having to be very cautious, mm -hmm. you know, not to mm -hmm. rub people the wrong way. Mm -hmm. I understand that I have to prove myself mm -hmm. many times before um, people will trust me. Mm -hmm. um, and I have to, and I always feel like I have to do more than what maybe my white counterparts have to mm -hmm. do mm -hmm. in the same position and yeah. role. Um, because I've also been questioned mm -hmm. with like, you know, like, who do you know? Mm -hmm. As though I did not earn mm -hmm. the right to be mm -hmm. in this mm -hmm. leadership position. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I, I know that I, I've also worked hard for sure. where I've, you know, yeah. what I've, mm -hmm. what I've gotten. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, what's tough sometimes is to be challenged on, you know, the role you have and who you are mm -hmm. um, and feeling like, People are looking at you because, or asking those questions because I'm black or yeah. I'm a black woman. Yeah. And mm -hmm. my white counterparts may not have had those same questions mm -hmm. asked of them. Yeah, that reminds me of um, at when I served as director, you know, of an office. I had a, um, a, a white woman who was a professional in the office. And I can remember... Um, you know, somebody asking me a question and then going to ask her to verify it. You know, it was almost like I, I wasn't trusted mm -hmm. and I had to prove my competence, even though I had worked in that office, you know, like in that position of the person that they were asking previously. But it's like they didn't really trust my, um, you know, like my judgment or mm -hmm. my competence. And I, I had to spend some time like proving that, you know, which was really frustrating. Mm -hmm. It was it was just it was just really frustrating. Um, I did well in that position. I just can remember like resenting like, okay, I gotta prove because like commissioners would switch out, you know, and um, when the commissioner switched out and there would be a new set of assistant commissioners and a new set of, you know, I had to start all over again and kind of prove, you know, and it was just like, Goodness gracious, you know, mm -hmm. but it took its toll. That took its toll. So the job itself was, it, I did it. I, I don't know that it was a great fit in terms of like how I felt about what I wanted to do, but I did the job really well. Mm -hmm. Did the job really well. And I'm sure you did. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it, it was, but that was a really frustrating piece of it. Um, I was in my 30s, so probably a little on the younger side in terms of like a, that kind of that position and black and female. And I felt like there was there were constant, um, um, just constant, not statements, but concerns or even, you know, about like, okay, is this really the right person for this, for this job? And I mean, I proved that I was, but I just, you know, had some challenges around like the, 
not getting the benefit of the doubt, not having, you know, them not assuming that I knew that I, you know, what I was doing. Right. You know, right, right. and um, the board that I worked for, they were always very, they always, I don't say fair, they were always supportive. And so it was almost like once, once someone said like, oh, she's really good, then it was like, almost needed like somebody to speak for me. Sponsors. And that, that yeah, yeah, that was so, again, that was almost, that was insulting because mm -hmm. the other directors in the department did not have to contend with that. The white directors in the department did not have to contend with that same kind of, the need for, you know, you to be like approved or, you know, oh, you know, a white person saying, she's she's good you know she mm -hmm. and then it was you know then then i didn't have an issue so like i had those experiences over and over and over again because of the nature of um that state agency you know mm -hmm. when you switch mm -hmm. gubernatorial administrations you get a new set of leaders and then it's like here we are all over again mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. what did you learn about yourself as a leader or um, as a black leader as a black leader <laughs> <laughs> um i first of all i learned that i could do it Mm -hmm. Right. I learned that I was comp because I wasn't it, when I started, I was, I was like, OK, can I do this? You know, um, so I, I learned that I could do it. I trusted in my own competence it's like you and you belong here. Right. Um, I also learned that I did have a different kind of um, leadership style. So we we had there were at the time there were four people in the office and I, I just I really wanted them. It's like Steve Jobs said years later, you don't hire smart people and tell them what to do. Like I really wanted them to flourish like and to show off in their competence and then, you know, in what they were able to do. Um, so I, I, I have more of like a shared kind of, you know, um, mm -hmm. leadership style. It's like, what are we going to do in this office? You know, so very much, I think the way that you did in terms of giving people a voice, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and because of that, you know, my, my staff, I would say we were loyal to each other. I don't like to say they were loyal to me and I didn't re reciprocate it. We were loyal to each other and we were very, very close knit. Mm -hmm. um, and in that we were called on to do even more things like once, you know, so we were pretty, we were pretty tight. Um, but I, I kind of learned that about myself. Like I'm not, I don't need to be the sage on the stage. Like I don't need to be the one with all the answers. Sure. It would be much better if we kind of all had the answers um, together. Um, and I think I also learned I'm pretty smart. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you know, very much I think so. I'm pretty smart. I think, I, you know, I'm doing this, you know, so, so yeah. Why do you think mm -hmm. we need diversity in leadership? Um, because I think the diversity, I think different people, people of different backgrounds bring different styles and skills mm -hmm. and um, knowledge sets. Like we just, so when you bring that to that space, um, we can have different experiences and we can solve some different problems mm -hmm. because we mm -hmm. have a different set of set of skills here. I think so. Yeah. And I think, um, so, so I wasn't really a part of, you know, I, I, I've never been white, never been, you know, at the time I was sort of just coming because I grew up working class. So I don't know that I, I didn't grow up middle class. I had a very different, um, view around resources very different view around resiliency, very different views of, um, you know, interacting with people. Um, although I had, I guess, came up in a home where there was like an authoritarian style, we had a collective approach to family, right? We had a collective approach to, you know, making money. We had a collective approach to all these things. And I think that's what it is. I think that those different backgrounds and experiences provide 
you know, a different set of skills in, in that in mm -hmm. that in that space. Yeah, no, know? I like that. That mm -hmm. was really good. Um, mm -hmm. And we did a, a previous podcast about collectivism versus mm -hmm. individualism. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what I hear even, you know, in what you're sharing and even what I shared, I hear that collectivist approach yeah. and how much it really benefited, you know, the folks that we yes. worked with. Mm -hmm. um, and it just creates also diversity of thought yes. as well, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. because we come with a different lens, right? you know, and that lens informs our decision making in many ways. And so we may think of some perspectives you know, about the black experience that may influence yes. what's going on. I realized in, in my last um, um, employment role where I was, you know, like say if there's tiers, like, mm -hmm. you know, there's a top person and then there's mm -hmm. one person, then I'm right there mm -hmm. underneath that person and then there's a whole bunch of other people mm -hmm. underneath, you know, um, and it, it was government. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the decision making really yeah. comes from the mm -hmm. governor. Mm -hmm. But I realized that in the position that I had, I had a voice mm -hmm. for those who didn't mm -hmm. have a voice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I used my voice often mm -hmm. to advocate for yeah. change in policy yeah. or whatever, you know, and that was really important. And so, you know, I say this to, you know, women in leadership or black women in leadership or black people or people of color in leadership you know, or people who are typically marginalized, use your voice. Yeah. 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 You know, use your voice yeah. for those who don't have a voice yes. when you are in a role of leadership. I think that's hugely important. Mm -hmm. It's hugely important because very often we're in, you know, you're we're in that position for a reason. Yep. We right? are. We're in right. That, and yep. that's part of the purpose. And to whom much is given, much is required. Much is required. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So thank you for, for joining us. We'd love to hear your views and your perspectives and your experience on, uh, on leadership. Um, and so let us know. We're on all the social media platforms. We, are. we would love to hear your experiences. Yep. Thank you for joining us. Again, I am Dr. Tanya Breland. And I'm Erica Leek. And we really enjoyed talking to you today. We'll see you again.